Last week, we began to discuss the importance of prayer. And we were reminded as we looked at Scripture that there is an incredible power that is available to us when God's people pray. Do you believe that? And we determined in our journey together last week that it's prayer that we need most in our lives, correct? It's not whether you stand or kneel during a national anthem. It's not whether your candidate is the president-elect or whatever. We know from God's Word, and I just have determined that God's Word's a pretty good guide even for our lives today, right? But we saw through the Word of God last week that it's prayer, it's prayer that changes Things. How many of you could probably stand today and give a testimony of how you prayed and God through prayer changed an outcome? Amen? It works. It works. And despite election results, despite whatever, our nation is still in need of prayer. Would you agree with me? It doesn't change since last Sunday. We, we, we wanted to be a people of prayer last week. And, and, and even as, as Skip d- d- challenged us today, we still need to be a people of prayer. Remember what it says in 2 Chronicles seven fourteen: If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and what? And pray. And pray. And seek my face. Turn from their wicked ways. Then, God says, then will I hear from heaven. Will forgive their sin. And heal their land. We determined that it's prayer that we need the most. We we, we also challenged you last week that that, that this thing called prayer should be one of those distinguishing marks for us as as Christians, right? Remember in 1 Kings chapter 8 last week that Solomon prayed and he prayed, Lord, they will hear the foreigners, those outside will hear They will hear of our prayer answering God and they will want to then come and experience our prayer answering God. You see, one of the distinguishing marks of this house should be prayer. We, 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 in fact, did Jesus not say in the New Testament that this house, his house, should be called a house of not preaching, not singing, not giving, not go, but a house of prayer? It's prayer. And I challenged you last week, and just let me remind you of this today. Your prayers are not going to be answered if you're not praying them. Some of you this morning might be facing something. And and, and listen, your, your prayers are not going to be answered if you're not praying them. It's time to pray. It's time to pray. Now, now, now today, I, I want us to, to begin to see the incredible power that is available when we pray. Now, I don't know what role prayer plays in your life. I don't know if it's, it's just something that, that, that you were taught to do as a kid, and so you've just carried that on throughout, throughout the years. I don't know if it's, it's formality to you. I don't know if it's rote or routine. or for some, Maybe it is, it is your lifeblood each and every day. Maybe it is, it is an ongoing conversation with, that, that you share with your creator throughout your day. For some of you, maybe you would say, I I cannot survive, Pastor Jason, unless I spend time in prayer. Well, today I want us to begin to see the power that is available to us when we pray. Are we okay so far? 
And I want, if you have your Bibles, I want to begin reading. I want to read a story from Acts chapter 12. If you have your Bibles or your smartphone or a tablet or whatever, I want us to begin to, to, to see the power of prayer by, by reading a story for, from the book of Acts that talks about how powerful prayer is. In fact, we're going to read a story this morning that, 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 that prayer is so powerful, you're going to see in Acts chapter 12, that it literally opens doors. Now, this might be a word for someone here today because today you, you may be here and you're facing something to you that seems insurmountable. There's an obstacle. There's a barrier. There, there is a decision to make. There's a task that needs to be done. There, there is a move maybe you need to make somehow. And, and, and to you right now, it just might seem insurmountable. I'm glad you're here. Because I believe that in the story that we're going to look at today, you're going to find a great hope. No no, no matter what you're facing, I I want you to see through this story here in Acts chapter 12 that prayer can change your outcome. Again, let me see your hands for those of you that could testify to what I just said. Prayer can change your outcome. Now, I'm going to read in verse beginning in verse 4, but let me kind of tell you what's happening here in the book of Acts. We, We know that... Jesus makes his final appearance to his disciples. He, he, he blesses them and leaves them with the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and you shall receive power, he says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, Acts chapter 1. In Acts chapter 2, we see this, this, this excitement in the, in the disciples and those few Christians, about 120 of them, that, that are still here. And, and the church erupts, it explodes. They begin preaching their socks off preaching their guts out. As someone says, they, pre- they are shucking the corn and lives are being changed. And in fact, it says that people are being added to the church daily, not once a week, but daily. The church is exploding. Now we know that great things are happening. Miracles are being performed. People are seeing the, 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 the father in heaven being put on display and people are wanting to this Jesus. They want to be a part of this movement of God. But we also know that the religious leaders are threatened by that, correct? And we know that they begin to set out to, to persecute these Christians. They, they begin to arrest, and, and many are even killed. In fact, in Acts chapter 12, when you, when you begin reading in Acts chapter 12, we, we read about the death of the apostle James as he's killed by the sword. Herod, who's in charge of all of this, he's, he's loving this. There's the, 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 the Passover celebration is taking place, and, and, and the Jewish people are, are very pleased with Herod by, by him rounding up these outlaws, these rebels, these that are speaking this, this name Jesus, and the, they're, they're causing trouble, and it must be put to an end. And we find that, that not only is, is James killed here, but, but we find that Peter... One of the greatest preachers that present during this time has been arrested. And, and, and I want to begin reading to you in, in verse 4 of Acts chapter 12. We're going to read through verse 10. Say verse 4 through verse 10. If anybody has fallen asleep next to you right now, just, just give them one right now. Just, just wake them up in the name of Jesus. Amen. Verse 4 says, he imprisoned Peter placing him under the guard of four squads of four soldiers each. Four times four would be what? Thank you, you mathematicians. Herod intended to bring Peter out for public trial after the Passover. But while Peter was in prison, 
the church prayed very earnestly for him. Let's read that verse again. But while Peter was in prison, what did the church do? The church prayed very earnestly for him. The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep. He was fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate. Suddenly there was a bright light in the cell, and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. And the angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, Quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrist. What happened to those chains? The chains fell off of his wrist. Then the angel told him, get dressed and put on your sandals. And he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. And so Peter left the cell following the angel. But all the time he thought it was a vision. He, he didn't realize that it was actually happening. You ever been in a situation like that where, where something just that you can't imagine is happening? It's so far-fetched. It's unreal. It's happening. Peter must have been thinking, man, I'm just woken up. I'm shackled and those chains fall off. There, 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 there's someone speaking to me and challenging me now to, to get up, get dressed, put my sandals on. What about those guards? Listen, all, this must be what is happening Verse 10 says, they passed the first and second guard post and they came to the iron gate leading to the city. And this opened for them all by itself. Wow. And so they passed through and started walking down the street. And then suddenly the angel left him. Hey, can you see what's happening here? I mean, there is obstacle after obstacle in this story for Peter, correct? He's chained up. Guards have been placed to watch him. He's in a prison cell. Not only that, but how many different layers of walls and locked doors and obstacles must be overcome? I mean, every obstacle in this story, every barrier, every obstruction here in Acts chapter 12, we find is completely ineffective. These chains that were once around Peter's hands, fastening him probably maybe up against a wall or to some immovable object, we find here that these chains just fall off. I mean, this is before David Blaine has ever made an appearance or thought of, right? This is maybe the first Houdini act of all times, right? No. Those chains fall off. These guards that had been placed around him to watch him and keep their eyes on him, they could not even see him escaping. And then finally there, this iron door that is keeping him from leaving, it just opens. The amazing part about this story is all of this seems to happen almost just by itself. We, we, we read here that there's a mighty angel that is, is sent by God to, to escort Peter out of the prison. But it's interesting to me, did you read that it was the angel that touched those chains and made them fall off? No. Was it the angel that... that, 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 that touched those guards and, and made them blinded? Or, or was it the angel here in, in, in verse 9, verse 10? Was it the angel, did Scripture say? Was it the angel that opened the doors? No. 
You see, those things to me seem to have been impacted by an invisible hand. An invisible hand. And, and, and I believe that verse 5 shares with us clearly what it was that changed Peter's outcome this day. Do you remember what it said in verse 5? It was the prayer of the saints that all this is happening here. You see, in verse 5, the saints, the church had gathered together and they were earnestly, they were going hard. I believe that that room was probably filled with, with wailing and groanings. I believe that there were people weeping for Peter to be delivered. I believe that those people in Acts 12, verse 5, believed that there was power in their prayers. I don't believe they were just lobbing up some hopeful thoughts to God. I don't believe that they were just, hey, God, if you feel like it, or, or God, would you please? I believe that they were seriously praying for the release of their friend, their leader, Peter. And I believe it was the prayer of the believers that was the power that loosed those chains. It was the prayer of the believers that removed those obstructions. It was the prayer of these believers that opened even the most impenetrable doors, impenetrable doors. Wow. That's incredible to me. I mean, is this just a cool story to me? I mean, are you beginning to see this? I wonder this morning, do, do, do you, do you have any idea about the incredible power that is available to us through prayer? Do you? Or has it just kind of become a formality to you? Do we see the power that is available to us through prayer? I, if we did, I, I think that we would find it so easy to heed Paul's promptings in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. You know what Paul said? He said, never stop praying. <laughs> never stop praying. Wow. Church, listen. I believe that our prayers are one vehicle through which God has chosen to impact the world. Let me say that again because I don't think you got that. I believe that our prayers are one vehicle through which God has chosen to impact the world. The, the, the great pastor John Wesley once said this, God does nothing but an answer to prayer. God does what? Nothing but an answer to prayer. You see, God has, not, God has given us not, not only the authority, but, but also the responsibility as the church to influence events in the earth for his glory. And this supernatural agreement through faith between, between an almighty God and a man or, or a woman here on earth who really knows how to pray, I'm telling you, it is more powerful than any thermonuclear bomb. There is power available to us when we pray, when we, when we in agreement with an almighty God in heaven through faith, we, we, we pray with him and, and, and for him. Oh, I'm telling you, power is available. Listen, it is this partnership between heaven and earth that is exercised when, when we as God's church, as, as his people, when we, when we pray in agreement with the purposes of, of God, when we pray those purposes into the earthly realm, I'm telling you, things change. 
This largely unrecognized truth from God's word is what James chapter 5 verse 16 was referring to. When, when, when in James it says the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great what, church? It has great what, church? It has great power and it produces what type of results? Wonderful. I'm just wondering, do we really believe this? Do we pray like this? Are we earnest? Are we fervent, as some translations say? Are we nonstop? Are we persistent? Will we keep on going and pray for those wonderful results? This word power, this word power here in, in James, leave that up if you don't mind real quick. This word power here, see it there? This, this word power in the scripture comes actually from this Greek word dunamis, dunamis. And which, when you translate that Greek word, word dunamis, it means power. It means inherent ability or capability. Ability to perform anything. The, the, this word dunamis is, that, is that, that, that same root from which we get our English word dynamite. You know what that is. It's this powerful explosion. You see, I believe that the Bible teaches us that when we pray, we have the potential of igniting this explosive dynamite of heaven in our circumstances and in the events of the earth. Listen, if we want to see our nation change, we need to pray this. We need to pray like this. It's not some casual, oh Lord, and some half-hearted effort. Church, Skip is right. We need to pray like we've never prayed before. And not just because this is an election year. Because that's just what should be a distinguishing mark for us as the body of Christ. A people of prayer. Amen? Listen, prayer prayed in faith has the power to destroy the devil's schemes and to make a way for every barrier to be shattered, for every gate that maybe stands before you this morning to be blown open. And, and, and I'm telling you, when you pray powerful prayer, when you pray believing, I'm telling you, God's blessing wants to flow down on your life without interruption. That's the powerful prayer that we're talking about today. Whew, I gotta breathe. Whew. Does prayer really make a difference? Can we really alter the outcome of situations and circumstances through prayer? Can we? Someone, someone once said that prayer doesn't change things. It only changes the person praying. But that is so contrary to Scripture. Prayer does change situations, you see, because God has made us partners with him for the fulfillment of his purposes on the earth. And prayer is one of those most fundamental ways, guys, listen, in which you and I can partner with God. Wouldn't you like to partner with God? Pray. Pray. You see, prayer does matter. It has the power to change the world. Wow, do we believe that? Well, if prayer has the power to change the world, then how can we pray prayers like that? How can we pray prayers that, that will open doors like what we read here in Acts chapter 12? That's a great question. And, and, and I believe that Scripture gives us an easy answer. It really is easy. In fact, I'm going to say something you say, oh, gosh, I knew that. I knew that, but it's good to be reminded sometimes, right? 
You ever forget things that are important and you just need a good reminder every once in a while? How many times have I found this answer um, when, 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 when I kneeled in a locker room before a game and I, and I prayed this prayer that we're about to look at? How many times maybe in a religious setting like this have we found the answer to how we can pray prayers that open doors? We've, we've been in settings like this and we've prayed this prayer time and time again. But so many of us miss it because this prayer that I'm about to show you in Matthew chapter 6 has become rote and routine to us. It's become words that we recite to please a pastor or a priest on stage or a football coach in a locker room, right? You see, I believe that we can pray prayers that open doors when we pray as Jesus said we should pray in Matthew chapter 6. Look what he says beginning in verse 9. Pray in this manner. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Say the next words with me. Your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Church, listen. When we pray according to the will of God, we will see the explosive power of prayer. When we pray according to what? The will of God. When we pray according to the will of God, we will see explosive, the explosive power of prayer. That's easy, isn't it? It's not. Because you see, so many times in our lives, we don't pray according to the will of God, do we? You see, one of the greatest hindrances, I believe, to, to the true revelation of the glory of God in earth is, is prayer that is offered by us that have personal agendas that seek to exalt ourselves. Uh-oh. You knew it was coming. That's what preachers do, right? We like to sock it to you. Seriously, think about that. I believe that maybe one of the reasons we're not seeing heaven come to earth and the explosive power of God working on is because I believe that sometimes we pray according to our own personal agenda, seeking to exalt ourselves. I believe that there are people, now none of you, because you're here at 8.30 on a Sunday morning. Praise God. You are the saints, the called, the blood-bought, the redeemed, heirs to the throne. I go to battle with Listen, but so many people pray, not thy will, but mine be done, don't they? Lord, not thy will, but my will be done. Listen, you need to know something about God. He sees absolutely everything. He hears every prayer. But he also looks deep within the heart of, of, of every individual who prays the prayer. And he clearly understands the motivations of the heart which are behind the prayers that are being lifted up. You know that, right? If, in fact, even today, I could stand here today and pray an eloquent prayer. And I could pull one over on you guys. It would sound so good and so powerful, so priestly to you. But the thing about our Father in heaven is he sees behind this facade and he knows my heart. He knows my heart and he sees my intention. Listen, nothing is ever concealed from his eyes. Prayer of any sort for anything, it is always going to be subject. How often? Always going to be subject to his scrutiny. He, he, he not only hears what we petition him to do, but, but he also sees all. He sees the true reason that we are petitioning him in the first place. Listen, this is really simple. 
this would be a great thing for you to write down or take a picture of. Or, hey, if you'll just download the church app, the notes are already there for you today. That's a little plug. But this is good. Don't miss this. God loves it when we pray the things that are on his heart more than our own. Can we just read this? This is good. Let's just read this out loud. God loves it when we pray the things that are on his heart more than our own. One of the greatest purposes of of prayer and intercession is, is to help bring his kingdom into earth so that he will be glorified. This truth is clearly illustrated by Jesus when he prayed these words in John chapter 14. He says, you can ask anything in my name. What can I ask in his name? Anything. And I will do it so that the son can bring glory to the father. Whose name am I asking in though? His name. Yes, ask me for anything in whose name? My name, and I will do it. But many people have attempted to use faith and prayer in the name of Jesus as as this kind of blank check to get whatever they want for themselves. Listen, that's not the type of prayer that Jesus is talking about here in John chapter 14. It's a type of prayer that he's talking about here that is not about us And it's all about him, and it's all for him. Are you with me today? You see, that's one of the reasons why Skip said that we have the the greatest worship team in America. Um, uh, But but you know what I love about about our worship here? We we understand something here that it's this is not about us, and it's not about you. This is all for God's glory. We pray that every time. Lord, may what happens on this stage be all about you and for you. May people be directed to you. I prayed that on the way to church this morning. God, we want want people to be drawn to your great name. We want your name, Jesus, to be lifted up today. Listen, this is the kind of prayer that God desires. Jesus promised that if, if we will pray in this way and with this motivation, listen, we can ask for anything in his name and he will do it. Wow. Hey, can I just kind of give you a little insider information? If you want to know if you're praying in Jesus' name, and if you want to know if you're praying according to God's heart, listen, Scripture is a good indicator as to the heart of God. Do you read your Bible? Do you know Scripture? Listen, if you're in a daze and you're confused or find yourself in a pickle, eat your way out of it. No, pray according to Scripture. You see, when you're praying along the lines of Scripture, you can be confident that you're praying towards the things of God. Right? Wow. How many times have I been in this situation and I just began to pray Scripture? I didn't know how to pray or what to pray, and the first thing that comes to my mind is the Word of God. Did the psalmist not declare, Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you? Did he not also write, how can a young man keep his way pure? Listen, for some of you this morning, you might be wondering, how can I live a holy, righteous, godly life? Well, the psalmist says, he gives you the answer by living according to your word, Lord. (laughs) It's really easy. You want to pray the things that make God's heart beat? Pray scripture. It's a great indicator, isn't it? Listen, church, when we begin praying for a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit that will break the devil's back and glorify God, when we begin to pray those things, listen, the heavens will begin to leak 
under the weight of his glory. And when we begin passionately praying that souls be saved in the name of our Lord Jesus, be famous in the nations, listen, we can be absolutely confident that heaven is going to begin moving in response to those prayers. Why? Because that is the heartbeat of God. That the lost be found, that his name be lifted up from, from coast to coast and around the globe. Jesus has promised that when we pray with the motivation that his father be glorified, he will respond by doing anything that we ask him to do. Church, listen. When we begin to pray, not my will, but yours be done, our lives become a crack in this wall that allows the glory of God to flow to the earth. You know, the scripture declares in Habakkuk chapter 2, 14, Old school, Habakkuk. Some of you didn't even know that was in the Bible. It is. He was a prophet. I know it's not a popular name today, but his mom and dad must have been something to them, right? Habakkuk 2.14, the promise that one day the knowledge of his glory will completely cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. Oh, could there not be a greater saturation? I wonder what might happen if we begin to pray prayers like that this week for God's glory. For his fame. This week we're we're challenging you and hopefully you've received a little prayer card. We're we're encouraging you to begin to walk your neighborhood. What would happen if you begin praying for your your neighbors instead of griping, complaining that their yard's a mess or or their yard looks like Fred Sanford's front yard or 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 their dog barks or or what 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 would happen if you begin to pray for their salvation? Remember my little analogy last week? We're more concerned whether the barista at Starbucks gets our coffee correct than we are about their eternal security, aren't we? We are. This week, we want to encourage you to begin walking and praying for God's glory to cover the earth, for a saturation of the glory of God. Listen, I don't want you walking your neighborhoods praying, oh God, would would you bring people to 1910 Church? That's not what we're asking for. We are praying for the glory of God. We are praying for Jesus' name to be lifted high. We're praying for the lost to be found. We want to encourage you to begin walking and praying for neighbors that way this week. In fact, maybe, maybe, maybe you want to partner up with somebody that you know lives in your neighborhood and, and you want to walk together and pray. And we want you with your bullhorns and your posters. They want you to pick it and draw a lot of attention to yourself. Saying, turn or burn. You're doomed. There's no hope. No, 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 no. But we want to pray in the spirit and we want to pray in the power. In fact, I love what Pastor Robert he said, hey, Pastor Jason, today we'd love to connect people. In fact, maybe you want to go out today and just say, hey, I'm going to claim my neighborhood for Jesus. And I'm going to walk and I'm going to pray it this week. And, 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 and maybe you just want to, I don't know, register at guest services. I'm going to walk and I'm going to pray for, you know, Curry Creek subdivision. That's where I live. And there might be somebody else in Curry Creek that loves Jesus enough. I, I hope there's one. He's our worship pastor. He lives two doors down from me. Maybe we form an alliance. You know that the more people that are praying, unified effort, there's an incredible power available. Church, listen, God's presence and his power and his glory will be seen when his people pray with fervent passion, with holy conviction and unwavering perseverance. Listen, If we desire to see our church, our city, our nation shaken 
and a harvest gathered in, listen, we must pray. If we desire to see an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our time, listen, we must pray. If we want to see the chains that Satan has crafted for our generation, if we want to see those chains fall off, we must pray. If we want to see prison doors open as they did for Peter, and if we want to see the captive set free, hey church, you know what we must do? We must pray. And if we want to see that dam breached and God's glory flood the earth, oh, we must pray. I'm just wondering if anybody believes that today you would just give the Lord a round of applause and affirm. I want to ask you to stand with me this morning, if you would, right now. And I want to ask those of you that feel comfortable and would join me down front today to come and kneel at this altar as we pray today. And as we call on Jesus, as we agree with Jesus and agree with God, our Father in heaven, that we are going to be a people of prayer. We will no longer just uh, uh, casually enter into this. We're going to pray believing prayers. We're going to pray powerful prayers. We're going to believe that God hears us. That We're going to pray in agreement with a great God in heaven, a creator that has a great plan. We're going to pray for his glory to fall, for his name to be lifted up. We're going to pray right now, not, not, not my will, but thy will be done. In fact, let's pray that right now. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Listen, you might be here today And you might be facing something insurmountable in your eyes. I'm telling you, you stand at a great place for a miracle-working, powerful God to intersect your life and do something that you can't see coming. Woo! It can happen. It can happen. You might be here today. And you don't know this Jesus that we're talking about. You don't know this Jesus that sets captives free. Listen, we've sung about him today. You, 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 you've seen in, in scripture that we've read today that he desires to, to release you and help you break out of the prison that has kept you captive for far too long. Listen, friend, if you're here today and you've never said yes to Jesus, you've never allowed Jesus to come in, I'm praying that today is the day of salvation. I'm praying as Jesus prayed over Zacchaeus that today would be a day of salvation, that salvation would come to your house, that he would come into your life right now. I'm going to pray and dismiss us. Our prayer ministry team is going to be here this morning and ready to receive you and encourage you and pray with you. Listen, do not leave here today if you're dealing with something that, that, that is above you. Listen, we have a The God in heaven is available right now. And we want to join with you and pray for him to interact and intersect your life today. And if you're here today and you're still a slave, 
you've never said yes to Jesus and been set free, oh, friend, do not leave here today without saying yes and giving him your life. God, thank you for the reminder today, the power that is available to us through prayer. And God, we kneel before you today as a symbolic commitment. Lord, we will be a people of prayer. Lord, we lift our hands to you right now and say, God, we want to join with you in agreement and faith. God, we want heaven to invade earth. Right, church? Father, we want your spirit to be loosed on this earth. Father, we want to see the captives set free. Lord, we want to see those that, that are living in fear. God, we want them to experience the peace that Jesus brings. And Lord, for that person here today that is facing something insurmountable in their eyes, oh, may they understand. Woo! We have a God that with him all things are possible. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your great name we pray. Everybody said amen. Thank you. You're dismissed.